0: Welcome. This week, we begin Sefer Dvorim. Sefer Dvorim, as Rashi, as really the psukim, quite obviously state, and as Rashi helps us to understand better, Sefer Dvorim is one long farewell speech given by Moshe Rabbeinu to the Klal Yisrael. And the theme of the speech is teichach, is rebuke. Moshe Rabbeinu reviews many of the most important events in the history of the nation since the time that he has known them and he especially focuses on their shortcomings. And as part of that theme, in this week's parsha, Lesher we Revenu reviews the Chet And we're not going to repeat all of the details that are very well known, we're going to focus on two psuken, two Rashi comments, whether these comments are particularly Relevant one to the other, whether they form any sort of unified point, I don't know. But they're both very interesting Rashi's. So at this point of the story, that we were going to pick up uh, the Miraclem have already been in Eretz Israel and they have come back and they have discouraged the Bnei Yisrael from going and conquering Eretz Israel. And Ma'aser and Hakadosh who has told them that uh, they're in a lot of trouble. And then it says. We, we read, Moshe Rabbeinu recounts to the people that they attempted to, <clears throat> to force the issue. They attempted to change their minds and go to Eretz Yisrael <clears throat> despite Kodesh Baruch Hu's declaration that he's not going to let them go until they all die out. It says, Batanu This is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking. And you, plural, you, the Show, you answered and you said to me, we have sinned to Hashem. We're wrong. So now we are going to go up and we are going to fight according to everything that Hashem, our God, has commanded us. Okay, we were we did the wrong thing. We lost confidence. We lost trust in Hashem. We said we're not going to Eretz Israel. It's too difficult. It's too dangerous. We have a complete change of mind. We get the message. We're going to go fight now. Do everything Hashem asks. And then each person of you, each one of you, you girded your clay milchama, you put on some sort of a belt which held your sword and your hammer or whatever the different instruments of war were. And use something to go up the mountain. Batohinu is a very unusual word. And that is what we're going to focus on. <clears throat> Rashi says, l'shain, this is like the word, Hinenu Rashi goes back to Parshish Shlach, where the story of the Meraglim is first told to us, and he goes back to this point in the story, where they go up the mountain and they say, we're going to go into Eretz Israel, we, we regret everything we did, and now we're just going to go and do what we have to do. So what did what is the what are the exact words that they said there? Hinenu, violino Here we are, hinenu, and we're going to go to the place that Hashem wants us to go to Eretz Israel. Ze Rashi says this is the words, this is the language that you said. you said the word hane. Hinenu, here we are. So. Vatohinu means you, here we are. Klemar, this means to say, nizdamantem. You prepared yourselves. You took it upon yourselves to go up the mountain and to go into Eretz Israel and fight. So according to Rashi, what does it mean? Vatohinu, as I said before, you, you here we are. There's no word for it in English, but if we take the expression here we are and add an ed to show that it's a past tense verb, We'll have the the interpretation Rashi's interpretation of the word batohinu, very unusual kind of expression, but it's an expression. It's a verb based on the word hinenu. You hinenud to go up the heart. Ibn Ezra also says the same thing. Batohinu min hayn. The word batohinu comes from the word hain. Now, Ibn Ezra says the following, "Yaltismen, don't wonder, Ech yavo fo'el, mimila mudbekes. How could it come a verb from what he calls a mila mudbekis? Mila mudbekis, from what I understand, I'm not an expert on, on grammar, a mila mudbekis is an accessory word, meaning it's not a verb and it's not a noun either. It's probably what we would call in English an adverb here. It is certainly not normally most verbs can be traced to a root that is also is a noun or nouns can be traced to a root that is also a verb. I'm not sure which came first, the, the cart or the horse. I don't think it's really important for this discussion. Um, but I mean, you take a word like, uh, you take a word like, um, right, a word like mudbekes even as it uses here. We have a noun, devek, means glue. You have a verb, lidabek means to glue something together, to, to uh, stick two things together. You have a word, uh, you have a verb, uh, lahair to, to illuminate. You, you have a noun, or, or menorah. Verbs and nouns are really the, the building blocks of but here you have what he calls a milimutvekis, this accessory word inenu, and you made a verb out of it. That's very unusual. You don't have a verb that's formed from the word ani, i. You don't have a verb that's formed from uh, a word like l, to, t-o. But the but the Ibn has says, don't worry about that. Don't wonder about that, because he milas al, we do find something similar, like the word. Al. al means on top of, and even Ezra is telling us that the the, the verb Allah, I and lam and A hey, to go up, is based on this word, Al. So we have a milo Al, it's a preposition we would call it in English. It's a word that shows place, place relationship, but it becomes a verb, it can become Allah. Gam and also pen. We have a word pen. Pen means lest. What does lest mean? It's a word that's not used so much in English anymore. Lest means maybe, but it means maybe something negative will happen. I say, uh, you, you go go to the store, uh, maybe you'll you'll find a nice cake over there. Okay, that we say, maybe. We would say, who in Russian Kurdish. But if I say, don't go to the store, maybe there's a murderer and you'll be, you'll have a big problem over there. Then I would say pen. I would say, don't go to the store, pen, you're going to get murdered over there, lest something terrible happen. And this is a word that is used in the Torah many times, like pen tishka chesedvaram that we must be very careful, uh, lest we forget uh, the experience that we had at Har Sinai, or according to Rashi, lest we forget the Torah that we learned at Har Sinai. Okay, we have the word pen, and now, even Ezra tells us, we find, based on this word, pen, afuna. We find a word in Tehillim, which we'll talk about in a minute, where the word pen becomes a verb, afuna. Kasher Pirashi, as I explained. Now this obviously is a little bit cryptic if you don't know the Pusach in Tilim. Let's take a look at the Pusik in Tilim. We'll see an interesting Rashi and, and an interesting Ibn Ezra. The Pusik says in Tiller, ani ani, I am a poor man. This is David of talking. The goveya Minoar. and I am expiring minoyar. We'll see how Rashi really explains that. I have carried your fears. Afuna, of course, afuna doesn't doesn't ring a bell. Let's see how Rashi explains the goveya minoyar, I am dying from shaking. It says in the Shira Sayam, not in Shira Sayam, but in the lead-up to Shira Sayam, it says regarding Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem shook the Egyptians in the water. They were being thrown about and shaken in the water. So Rashi explains, I am dying or I am in great distress. Me noar from all of the shaking, all of the ups and downs of life, and all of the difficulties are shaking me about. And Nasasi emecha, I carry your fears. Afuna, what does it mean? Afuna, according to Rashi, and emascha bili Your ama your emecha, are settled and based and well based in my heart. Your fear is sitting well in my heart. Afuna. Now Rashi says Afuna is Lushan. Dover davur al A and Mishle that Rashi quotes several times in his uh, commentaries all around Tanakh. What does it mean? Davar al A word that is spoken. al similar to the word Afuna. And Rashi explains, al On its base. When you speak properly, so that's called you're speaking with a basis, you're speaking with some content behind you. You're not just alloviating, not just saying anything that, that pops into your mind. That's called words that are spoken on a basis, on their proper basis. Tirashi so is saying here, your, your threats and your fear. Afuna is settled in my heart. The Bashi is telling us is, is something about a proper yiras Hashem, a complete fear of heaven, is that it's not just some temporary phenomenon. It's not just oh, I, oh, I saw something. Kapashrek, I, I, I have a sudden fear of Hashem. Now I know. <laughs> no, yiras Hashem should be ideally is something that is settled in one's heart. It's constant. Of course, most of us are not on that level exactly, but this is what we're aiming for, that fear of Hashem, Yiras Hashem, whether that's Yiras HaOynesh, Yiras HaRememus, there are higher and higher forms of fear of Hashem, but whatever it is, it is something that should be constant, something that it should be settled in our hearts. Now, according to Rashi, the word afuna has absolutely nothing to do with this word, the Tahinu. The tahinu is based on the word hain. Afuna, that's just a regular, I mean, that's a very unusual kind of word formation, a verb based on an adverb or a preposition. But Afuna is a a more normal kind of word formation, according to Rashi. We have a noun, ofan, which means a base of something. And you have Afuna is a verb, meaning it is based. It is well-based, it is well-settled. Ibn Ezra, however, as he hinted at before, as he hinted at in his commentary on Sefer Dvorem, Ibn Ezra is going to say that the word Afuna is based on the word Pen. Let's see how he does that. He begins with the word Ani. He says "atam." The, the meaning is Mimei hanoyar, from the days of youth. The, the Ibn Ezra takes a, a, apparently much simpler and more obvious path as far as understanding this word minoa. Rashi says it means from being shaken about. Okay uh, that's something that we could think about not right now but that, that seems to be a little bit uh, kind of an advanced uh, complex way of thinking about it. Ibn Ezra takes the easier path he says noar means youth. That's a much easier understanding. So I'm goveya minoa meaning My origin, my beginnings, were not strong. Even when I was very young, I I felt weak. He was considered as if he was always expiring and dying. In other words, he's saying from from a very early age, I I was weak, I was fearful. Now, even though I was impoverished, Vasasi I carried your emim. I carried your fears. Vatam The meaning is I carried your illnesses. Meaning I I was afflicted with various illnesses by you in your in your divine judgment. That's what happened to me, and I suffered with that. Now milas afuna. This word afuna the gizras pen. as Ezra says it comes from the gizra from the root. Of pen, like pen tishka chesedvorim, pen tikta shamaleya. It says you're not supposed to um, uh, plant uh, grape seeds together with grain with grain seeds. Pen tikta because if you do so, lest the the crop will become Usa. So it means lest. So this comes from this word pen, kamo ale al just like we find the word e, a'aleh or ale to go up comes from the root al, which means on top of. Betohinu, and we find in the Sefer Dvorem, in Parshish Dvorem, the word tahinu that we've been discussing, migizras hineh, it comes from the root of hineh. hatam and the meaning of this word afuna, abura ve'efchad. I will fear and I will be afraid. Plus he's using two words that are very similarly because he's he's translating essentially. Agura means ve'efchad, I will be afraid. So the, Ibn Ezra is, is supporting his, uh, he's following his shita, that the word afuna comes from the word pen, which is a what he would call a mila So it is neither noun nor verb. It's some sort of an accessory word. Similarly, the word Batohinu. Batohinu Lalay comes from the word Hine. I think we see from Ibn Ezra in Tilim another aspect of what would be a a perfect and complete Yurashamayah is that a person would carry in his heart constantly the idea of pen that. If you do what's wrong in the eyes of Hashem, lest less something's, something terrible has to happen. Most of us go through life, well, we do what we do and we try to be pretty good. Are we constantly thinking about if we do the wrong thing, pen maybe it'll be something bad. I don't know. <laughs> I think we at least, at least we forget it from time to time. But a, a more, a, a, a a perfect Yeras Hashem would be that I would have that pen, I would have that consciousness of consequences of possibly unfortunate consequences constantly. Of course, one also has to be not a contradiction, that's something to think about how it's not a contradiction, but it's not. A person can be happy and joyful, but not not carefree. Uh, The Torah does not command us to be carefree. Always have to know that there could be, there will be negative consequences to negative actions. Okay. Let's go to the next Possek in Sefer Dvarim, Parshis Dvarim. So they said, we're going up to the mountain. It's a hinu la they said, we are hinu to go up the mountain. And what was the Hu's response? Hashem said to me, Hamor Lahem, say to them, You Rabbeinu, say to them, don't go up. And don't fight. Don't try to fight against the against the Kanani. He ain't any because I am not amongst you. Maybe there's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a play on words, but I, it could be there's a certain uh, a certain connection between between the word batahinu, which the Mephoshim say comes from the word hinenu, and Hashem answers, he You are here, but I'm not. I'm not amongst you. Don't be smitten. Don't be beaten up in front of your enemies. I'm warning you, don't go up the mountain. Don't fight. I'm not with you. Maybe you're here, but I ain't. And therefore, please, don't, don't be beaten up by your enemies. Okay, You're going to have to pay the price for your sin. You're going to have to be in the Midbar for a number of years now, but don't make things worse by going fighting against the enemy now. You're just going to get beaten up. Now, Rashi says on the words Lui salu, don't go up. It will not be an Aliyah for for you. It will not be an elevating experience. You will not go up from that. It's only a going down. It's not going to help you. It's only going to hurt you. The Mizrahi and really many of them after him, after him, they all raised the same question. Why did Rashi have to... Why couldn't Rashi leave this phrase according to its apparent... Simple meaning, Lai Salu seems to be a, a commandment. It's not one of the 613 commandments of the Torah, but it's, it's, a, it's an imperative. It seems it seems like Hashem is saying, don't go up. I'm telling you, don't do it. Afterwards Hashem says, because I'm not with you. And if you do it, you're going to get beaten. But the words Lay Salu seem to just mean, don't do it. Get yet Rashi, uh, adds, so to speak, he, he, he turns this Vassach into, into a little bit of a Musa to a little bit of a, a Musa point. He says it means you're not going to rise and be elevated and improve your situation by doing this. You're only going to go down. Why does Rashi do this? I would like to discuss three of the approaches of the, of the great Mephorshim. And just present them and maybe uh, point out one or two points that we can see about each one. The Mizrahi explains that if we look at the entirety of the Pusik, is really for their benefit. Specifically, he focuses on when who says, don't be beaten up by your enemies, meaning I'm telling you, if you go, you're going to get beaten up. You're going to suffer a terrible blow. So when I put this girl who says, that is, that is for the benefit of Klai Yisrael. So therefore, Rashi wanted to make the pusik conform to one style, that everything in the pusik should be for the benefit of Klai Yisro. Le Salu is not merely an imperative, don't go up. Even Le Salu is It is a. it is a, in and of itself, it is saying something for their benefit. Le Salu, you're not going to benefit from this, you're only going to pull that, meaning, I'm telling you, it's implicit in my words, that this is for your good, it's not just a command. Command, I mean. Okay, we know everything Hashem commands us is for our good, but in and of itself, a command, you might be telling me to do something because it's good for me, or you might be telling me to do something because it's not so good for me. or maybe it's not good for me now, but it'll be good for me later It's not implicit in every command that it's to my benefit and to my immediate benefit. So therefore, Rashi wanted that the words lay salu should also be expressing some immediate benefit to the Therefore, he says, it's not a command, it's a prediction, Hashem is predicting, if you go up and fight them, it's not going to be an aliyah for you, you are not going to succeed, you're only going to fall. Okay, that's the, the Mizrahi. I think the, the, the difficulty with it is that I mean, I tried to talk around it, but I mean, the difficulty a little bit is even if you would leave leisalu Salu as an imperative, you leave it Kipshuta, you say Lai Salu means don't go up, that, that also would be Latoi son That's also for their good. What, 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 why would Rashi have to twist it, that it really means you're not going to have an Aliyah, you're only going to have an arida, if his purpose is so that leisalu Salu should be for their benefit, Really, you could leave it in its simplicity and you'll also have the idea that it's for their benefit. Okay. The Gourayet basis his explanation over here on a statement in the Gemara, the Sarches Mayed Kotton. It says, There is a bris, there is a covenant that is made to the lips. Meaning roughly that what a person says has meaning and tends to come true. And certainly what a Kodhish Borahu says. A Kodishborhu says something, even if perhaps it's Al Tnai, even if he's saying something that's only conditional, but it tends to happen. And therefore, if a Kodashborhu was just saying Loi don't go up, as an imperative, there's a problem with that. If he doesn't mean that you're not going to succeed, he's just saying don't do it. Loisalu. Well, let, let's phrase it like this. This may not be exactly what the what the maral and the goray is saying, but perhaps this is what he's saying, or close to what he's saying. If a kodesh who says loisalu, even if it is an imperative, but it includes within it also a prediction. And of course, it's a Kaddish V'orahk's prediction. It's not just like I predict who's going to win the fifth race at Aqueduct tomorrow. It's including a, a, a certain prophetic point of Le'aliya Tehelchem Eliyurida. Words have meaning. Words have consequences. Particularly, the words of a Kaddish even our words, When we say, when we say something that could be interpreted a certain way, sometimes it does happen that way. It tends to happen that way. So if a Kodesh Baruch who says, Loi Salu, that, in, that includes the meaning that not only I'm telling you don't do it, but I'm telling you, you are not going to go up by doing this. You are not going to have success. A third explanation is given by the David. And I, I, I think I've said before, that I think if you really want to understand Rashi, you have to have three swarim in your, in your back pocket. There are many, many swarim that help, but I think you have to start with three. And the three are the Mizrahi and the Gurariyeh, and I think the the David should really be on the, on the same pedestal. But anyway, the the David points out the Bashi had a problem with these words, these two words, salu, don't go up, This is really, there's no, there was no prohibition to going up the mountain. This wasn't the, the magic forbidden mountain that you're not allowed to go up. This wasn't uh, Har Sinai when Hashem's presence was on top of the mountain. You're not allowed to go there. This is just a mountain on the way between Eretz Israel and, and Moyog, where they uh, wherever they were at the moment, they were in Hatzei no prohibition to go up the mountain. So what does it mean, Loisalu explains the mask of the David, it's only the taklis Ali, it's only the purpose of going up, which is, which is forbidden. It's only that you're not allowed to go up that mountain, if you're doing it in order to fight the nations on the other side, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want us to do at that moment. So why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu phrase it in these two very plain words? Loi salu, don't go up, as if it's forbidden to go up. So therefore, Rashi said, there's a, there's a secondary meaning over here. It really means something else. I wouldn't say it doesn't mean the first thing, but it perhaps primarily really means the second thing. Loi aliyah What it really means is, you're not going to go up. You will not, not, I'm not letting you. You will not have an aliyah from doing this. You are not going to succeed By doing this. That's why Rashi changes it from an imperative to a prediction or to a prophecy. I think this Mask of the David is teaching us, it's pointing out to us, reminding us of a very fundamental point that we all know we need to review. That is that some things are either permitted or forbidden depending on the tachlis depending on one's purpose. There are some things which are categorically forbidden. You're not allowed to eat uh, chazir. Unless it's to save your life, you're not allowed. Some things are, uh, but there are other things that are, well, it depends. What's your tachlis? Eating a uh, three scoop ice cream sundae, well, it depends. If it's just gluttony, just to stuff yourself, and become fat, and unhealthy, and high blood pressure, and high cholesterol, it really should not be done. If it's once a year to celebrate a mitzvah, to make yourself feel better, to, to uh, afterwards to go out and run five miles to raise money for, for tzedakah, then, with that tachlis, it, it could be mutter, it could be even, it could be a mitzvah. There are many, many such things in life. Not everything is black and white the way sometimes people portray it. There are many, many things that it depends on the tachlis. What is your purpose? Even in mitzvah, sometimes, if your purpose is uh, sinister, if you have some inappropriate reason for doing the mitzvah, showing off or something like that, then sometimes the mitzvah is not a mitzvah either. Everything, most things depend on tachlis, on persons. That's a small lesson to, uh, to think about on this precious uh, part.